Hey loves, I'm Sarah, I'm 20, I'm a queer fangirl who spends too much time on the internet. I'm Robert, I'm not quite 50, and I don't spend as much time on the internet, but I have seen way too many movies and TV shows. And this is 50v20. The podcast where we take a look at queer representation in media. One ship at a time. (laughs) What is funny? I don't know. I was going to say and today, but it's not today. It's not just today. Segment? (laughs) Theme? Next? Or this week, because it's a weekly show. Well, but it's going to be for like three weeks. I know, but we say that at the end. We'll come back next week. Okay. Definitely keep this in. (laughs) And this week we're talking about Dreary, a little wolf star... That is Harry Potter. <laughs> Why is that part funny to you? <laughs> I don't know. You said it's so excited. It was just, it was funny. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because... It's just your way when we start recording. No, I just never imagined that we'd be sitting here talking about these ships. And that you would be excited to be talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. Ships. I still think I, I mean, I said we were going to talk about Dreary and Wolfstar, but for a later episode, we could do a one-off where we talk about, uh, I almost said Grundledore, but it's not that. <laughs> I don't know their ship Grindledore name. is their ship name. Grindledore? Yeah. That's a great ship And anyone name. who knows uh, weird slang, you know why Grundledore would be a problem. I don't know what you're referring to. Is this so, a kid's show? Keep, keep me innocent. Keep me okay. innocent. Okay. I won't tell you what a grumble is. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, this is a kid's show. We have to cut that out. <laughs> no, I didn't tell them what it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about those things. So, um, yeah. Let's. Uh, why can't I speak today? Today. Oh. Ever. No, so, okay, let's just start where to we... To be fair, this one will be a little less structured because, you know, that's eight movies we just watched. Right. Not, um, not in a row, but... Oh my god, imagine. Over the past couple weeks. Yeah. Okay, so what's kind of your history with, like, Harry Potter and the fandom? Um, I started reading the books, I think... I believe the third book was about to come out. Mm-hmm. And I was intrigued, so I went and bought the first one, and then proceeded to catch up really quick and read each one as they came out. And you were, like, about it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think Rowling, especially at the beginning, is not the greatest of all writers, but she is really creative mm-hmm. and comes up with great names, though they're... We'll talk about names later. Well, <laughs> um, some great names. As we have a segment. I think <laughs> for a book about magic, they're great names. Fleur de la Cure. <laughs> Some are a little on the nose and in bad ways. We'll get to that in our segment as usual oh, later. Um, and then saw each movie immediately. Have seen them each a few times. All of them in the theater, including all three Fantastic Beast movies. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. My history is a little different. I never read the books. I I read a good chunk of the first book. And, like, I didn't like it, so I <laughs> didn't finish it. 
I'm sorry. But yeah, I grew up like watching the movies because they were kind of coming out like while I was a kid. So I remember them just like being on TV and. Yeah, and we owned them on DVD. The first DVD. several. Yeah. Actually, they're um, probably still in a bin in the garage. Yeah, it was weird, like, watching them over the last couple of weeks because it's been in, like, seconds since I watched all of them like that. But, like, stuff was coming back to me that I just, like, remembered as a kid. So, yeah, I was more familiar with it than I thought, I guess. Yeah. And we were watching all the movies because... What did I say? I'm trying not to break my contract. (laughs) Hypothetically, one could work in a way involved with Harry Potter related things. We live in Los Angeles. No, I think I am allowed to say that I work for Universal. So that's what I can say. I hang out with Harry Potter a lot. (laughs) That's the Disney slang. But yeah, that's why I was like, oh, shoot, I should probably watch the movies, brush up on my knowledge, because there was a lot of stuff that I forgot. Yeah, and we knew we'd be covering them at some point in this show, so. Yeah, we were like, now's as good a time as any, why not? That being said, though, even though I wasn't, like, super familiar with the um, books, and I haven't seen the movies that many times, I, like, grew up reading a lot of, like, Harry Potter-related fanfic, mm, so, right. like, on the Tumblr side of things, like, I'm knowledge knowledgeable but not not the actual books yeah okay um how do we want to structure this because weirdly one of the problems with the movies is a lot of characters get slighted mm-hmm. they're barely in things some characters have very little personality in the movies because it's almost like they just, they just expected us to know who things were and would just gloss over it because they weren't necessary for the plot and unfortunately, that means there's very, actually very little Draco in a few of the films. Right. He's barely there. Though he becomes quite important as the story goes on, he doesn't have a lot of screen time for that. Right. Yeah, there are a couple movies where he's really just there for, like, a scene, like, and, like, barely. Like, Order of the Phoenix, he's, like, barely in that. And, like, a couple others, he, like doesn't really do anything what's he even doing over the phoenix i think it's just like established like hey oh that's when he's in on the quidditch team isn't it no is that when he and he is playing quidditch against harry or is that earlier i think that's earlier i think order of the phoenix is when they just kind of established like draco followed along with his dad and like got the mark or maybe he got the mark after order of the phoenix i don't know around that time he wasn't really doing anything he would just be in like death eater scenes yeah well, he wouldn't get the mark until he does, until Half-Blood Prince, I assume, or after. Doesn't he get the mark in between, like, the sun? Wait, does he even have the mark? He does, yeah, he gets he the... He gets the, 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 the oath thing. He gets the mark the summer between Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince, I believe. Hmm. I don't know if that's just something that happens in fanfics, or if that actually <laughs> happened in the movie. <sighs> but, um, I guess going backward to the earliest one, after we just watched the eight movies in a row... After watching them all get older, and then I just watched a clip of, like, Draco and Harry scenes. Mm-hmm. Freaking children in the first one. <laughs> They're yeah. so tiny. No. And then Draco so. suddenly gets really tall by Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. He's now taller. And... Yeah, no, it's wild. They really, like, grew up. I was shocked when we were watching the first one. I was like, oh my god, like, they look like babies. They're little kids, yeah. <laughs> because the, the movies that I remembered the best were probably, like, the last two. 
just because when those came out, I think I was like nine or ten, so I had a little bit more of like just like a memory of watching yeah. them, really. Whereas like the the first ones, I didn't really remember that well. So I probably saw them when I was literally like four, right? But in the first one, Draco is you know we're supposed to see him as a bully, but to be fair, Ron's mean to him first. It's true then. What they're saying on the train. Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts. Harry Potter. This is Crab and Goyle. And I'm Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Think my name was funny, do you? No need to ask you yours. Red hair and a hand-me-down robe. You must be a Weasley. You'll soon find out that some wizarding families are better than others, Potter. You don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort. I can help you there. I think I can tell the wrong sort for myself, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like a huge Draco Malfoy fan, right? So I just want to put that on the record because, like, I'm (laughs) obviously incredibly biased. And, like, I recognize that. But yeah, no, like, I feel bad for Draco in the first film, because Ron was mean to him first, and Draco, whether he had his, like, intentions or whatever they were, like, he was trying to be friends with Harry in the beginning. Yeah, he offers him his hand. And Harry and Ron were bullying him. So, I feel like Draco is, like, the type that, like, you do, like, one mean thing, and he just, like... Escalates Plus, unfortunately, he has the learned bigotry of not liking certain families of magic users, not liking muggles. Mm-hmm. And so he's that's going to go very negative very quickly once he realizes Harry doesn't want to be his friend. Yeah, exactly. But even then, there's not a lot of him in the movies, so we just have to know that. And he does play, Tom Felton plays it well enough that we know the, the way he like, spits out Potter every time he calls him that. Potter, famous Harry Potter. 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 Saint Potter. 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 Yeah, I feel like even from the beginning, like, Harry totally didn't want to, like, be a Slytherin and was already, you know, judging. Which is a whole people. structural problem for Hogwarts itself, but eh. Yeah, right? I'm a Slytherin, by the way, as my Like, house, when they stick so... all of the Slytherin students in a dungeon in the last movie, that's fucked up, McGonagall. Yeah, not all of them are evil, just some of them. Right, so... they're ambitious. That's not inherently evil. Right, you can be ambitious and not evil. It's possible. I also feel like there's that whole thing of, like, if you're constantly telling this one group of children or these, like, one group of traits, like, you're evil, like, obviously they're gonna probably start acting evil because like everyone was literally judging them from the start arguably in reality i would expect the gryffindors to be a little evil too in the long run because they're constantly told that they're great which means they would have a lot of privilege and expectation right big dicks right well we see that like at some points where like the gryffindors are kind of getting like a big head or a big ego like throughout the series but yeah, so Harry like already doesn't want to be a Slytherin, and it's just like a whole thing. But I do think it's interesting, jumping ahead quite a bit, that like Harry's son ends up being a Slytherin. Right. I think that's cute that they mended that whole thing, and 
it's all good now. <laughs> well, yeah, because I assume that, to be fair, neither of us have seen The Cursed Child. No. I was going to read it at one point, the play. I really do want to see it. I know I never got to it. I know it has mixed reviews and yeah. whatever. Some people don't like it, but like... If I was on the East Coast, I would definitely go see it. Like, I am interested in it. And what are you guys called? Scorbis Shippers. I see you. <laughs> you guys so are, are What loud. are their names? Albus and Scorpius? Albus and Scorpius. Yeah, which I think is really interesting that people ship Harry's son and Draco's son. I think it's also really cool that their sons end up being, like, best friends. Right. So that's cute. But there's still, like, the idea that I don't remember what Draco does as an adult. I know we're told. Isn't he like is an he an or also? Or Are they both ors? Is this why in my in my head canon, like they work together? Okay, <laughs> Harry and Draco. I don't know if that's accurate or if that's just like a bunch of fanfics that I've read because there are so many where it's like in the future. What if they were partners? Well, I remember like, for sure happened? in the book it does say Harry becomes an or. I don't remember what Draco. Uh, Draco does too, right? I think so. I think. He doesn't. Do we want to check or do we want to just stick with what I just I just want to stick with what I I, with with what's in my heart. (laughs) All the hardcore Harry Potter fans right now screaming at us. Get in the comments. I know. You Harry Potter (laughs) fans are something else. I honestly respect the hustle so much. The amount of knowledge that you all have is absolutely wild. Yeah. I mean, we just watched the eighth movie yesterday. And I forgot what the Resurrection Stone was called. Yeah. If you can remember all the spells and all the characters' names and who they are, good for you. 100%. I can do that with some things, but I haven't seen these movies enough. 100%. And I've only read each book once. Yeah, and like, working in that realm, y'all will ask for stuff <laughs> and say stuff, and I have to act like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> They're, like, very bad. It's really cool. So, yeah, Dreary does not get off to a great start. No, but to be fair, that's also a trope of lots of romances in long-form stories. Well... Like, Ron and Hermione argue with each other all the time, and they end up a couple. Right. It well, fits the same trope. We're totally getting into that, like, enemies to lovers trope, yeah. which, like, everyone loves. I mean, some people hate it, but, like, most people love it and are about it. I personally love it. It's one of my favorite It can tropes. be done very well. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's just like, it's it's fun. I don't know. I want drama. Give me angst. <laughs> I want something to happen. And you know, like, when there's a ship, like, you want a reason to, like, root for them. Or, like, there's no reason to ship them if you don't care. Well, right. If, plus, in a story that we know is going to be, from the beginning, seven books, if they get along immediately, you know, like... Harry and Hermione or Harry and Ron, then those relationships aren't as interesting. They're useful because they serve a purpose. They're a nice trio at the center of the books, but we don't necessarily expect growth in those relationships. They're just there. Right. Yeah. There's nowhere, like, there's nowhere really for them to go. So, yeah, it's, you can start out not great. Yeah, so they start out not very friendly with one another. Not good. Enemies. I'm trying to remember what Draco does in the second movie at all. I think he's just being a little... He's just being an ass. He's just being a little brat. There's Chamber of Secrets where they use the Polyjuice Potion, so they talk to him directly about stuff. I don't remember all the interaction. Yeah. But yeah, we just see like that he's bullying him. and Separate from our overall topic of Drary, to be fair, and you said he's one of your favorites, Draco Malfoy is a great 
character because he is more complex. He goes through changes. He has an arc from book one to book seven. Yeah. It puts him through a lot. And you understand why on the train platform in the flash forward, he just kind of looks at Harry and is like, it's their colleagues or friends. We don't know. Yeah. But you can understand that he's, they would be. He's not a jerk anymore like he They've was. They've grown up. Definitely. Yeah. He's not his brother. Or his brother. His brother. He's, not his... <laughs> he's a brother? He's not his father. <laughs> yeah, he's not his father. Well... I think, like, one, so one of the reasons I never personally got, like, super into Harry Potter is just I, f- I feel like a lot of the characters, it's probably better in the books, but I feel like a lot of the characters don't really go anywhere. Yeah. I'm less of, like, a fantasy fan and more of, like, a character, like, growth fan, relationship growth fan. Like, I relate to that stuff. So I feel like in Harry Potter, I didn't have a whole lot of, like, characters that I... Especially the movie, yeah. Similar to some of the magic things. Like, yeah, we have a thing that can make you go back in time in one of the books, but does that in one of the movies, does it ever come up again when it would be very useful? Right. In later books. Yeah, I feel like it's just weird. And I feel like like, my personal two favorite characters are Draco and Sirius. Because Draco, I feel like, is incredibly misunderstood. And I just, like, feel for him and root for him and, like, want him to be okay. And, like, Sirius had such a tragic, like, story that I'm just, like, also rooting for him. Even yeah, because we figured out what he went to Azkaban when he was, like, 21-ish. Yeah. yeah, for something he didn't do. Was there for 12 years. Like, it's just, it's very sad. So yeah, those are my, like, two favorite characters. But the thing that I think is so interesting is that, like, so the fandom has, like, adopted Draco, at least, like, a portion of the fandom, as, like, their favorite character. Like, a lot of people's favorite character is Draco Malfoy, which I feel like you wouldn't, like, necessarily expect. And, like, I know, like, Rowling at one point was, like, why does everyone like Draco? (laughs) Like, was, like, coming at her fans for liking Draco. And I thought that was so weird that she did that. Because, like, why are you mad that we like your character? Right. You made a antagonist who is, what's going to say likable, but likable is not right. Understandable. Just that much means you should want fans to like him and care about him. Right. And I don't know how much she plotted ahead. But if she knew at all what she was going to put him through later, early on, she should expect this character needs to be someone we care about. Yeah, I mean, he she should have, like, taken that as a compliment, honestly. Like, yeah. it's so boring when, you're, when your villains are, like, just villains and there's, like, nothing else to them. Which is why, like, I think, um, like, Severus and Draco are both, like, great. And why Lucius Malfoy is not as interesting early on because he's introduced to just kind of this hateful. He, he's kind dick. of boring. I'm just like. But then go we find ahead. out later it's because he only is like that because in Voldemort's absence he's got some clout. But as soon as Voldemort's back, he's like Draco. He's kind of just pathetic. Totally. And that makes him more interesting. And also in like Draco's defense, like <laughs> I'm just gonna defend Draco all day. But in Draco's defense, like, he was a child. Like, mm-hmm. he's a he's a kid. I mean, they grow up to be, like, what are they in the last book? Like, 17 or something? Draco, like, he didn't have really any ownership over his life yet. Like, he kind of had to follow, like, 
Hello? It's Castiel. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. This isn't your episode. We already talked about Supernatural. Okay. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh. She's got a lot to say today. Do you have thoughts on Draco Malfoy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you have so many thoughts on Harry Potter? I didn't know you were such a fan. When a black cat interrupts talking about wizards and witches. She's like, I got stuff to say about Harry Potter. Uh, how could you not get me down here for this one? I know. Hmm. Her purring's too loud, huh? People like it when animals show up on podcasts. Yeah, this is a baby. What, what are we talking about? I have a cat now. Draco. 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 Character. Oh, he's just being young and he, he, doesn't, yeah, he's he doesn't really have ownership over his life. I mean, okay. <laughs> well, right. The biggest thing he does to try to take it is horrible and he knows it. Is when he does the, the oath thing to kill Dumbledore. Right. And even though he does make several attempts... Once he has to do it directly. Like, he makes a bunch of attempts that are indirect. Right. Because he doesn't like what he has to do. But, he, he, I mean, he very clearly does not want to. Right. It wasn't, like, a job he, like, signed up for and was like, yeah, like, let me do it. It's basically because his parents need him to be part of the Death Eaters, otherwise they're in danger. Yeah. And, like, I feel like Draco knows, like, if he doesn't do it, like, something bad could happen to him and his family. Which obviously wouldn't want that. So, yeah, he was just being, like, very manipulated. And you can very clearly see, like, in Half-Blood Prince that, like, he doesn't want to. Like, he's literally, like, crying and shaking, like, when, like, he's trying to, like, kill Dumbledore so, like, Snape has to step in. Now, what evidence do we have that he and Harry... What's the headcanon or or the fandom evidence that there could be a couple? We don't have evidence, though, is the thing. (laughs) We don't need it. (laughs) You could read into some things, you know, like Harry coming upon him in the bathroom crying. Oh, yes. Could be. I assume that's the start of a bunch of fanfics. A hundred percent. But in the movie, no. They get into a fight. Draco ends up, what, unconscious on the ground? Snape shows up. Yeah. No, I'm not even going to be crazy about this one and be like, because I've been crazy about all the other ones. I'm not going to be crazy and be like, oh, they're for sure a couple. This was queer baiting to the max. I don't think that. I don't think it was queer baiting. Oh, no, I'm getting into the triangle. Okay. Well, we could. Because we're definitely going to need another episode. Because we haven't talked about Remus and Sirius much. No, we'll do a little start. And there's room for a lot more. So, yeah. I'm not going to be crazy about this one and be all like, oh, um, they were for sure together. Whatever. I think the, the the thing you could argue is that, like, they care about each other in some way. Especially Draco towards Harry. Toward me, yeah. Because, like, Draco, like, covers for Harry. He knows that it's Harry's body when they're in. Oh, when they're in the... That's the Malfoy's house, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. And in, in the manor... In... What is it? Part one? Deathly Hallows Part 1. Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yeah, he knows it's him even though his face is messed up. He 100% knows that it's him and he's still like, it's not not him. I can't be sure. Look closely, someone. If we are the ones to hand Potter over to the Dark Lord, everything will be 
given all, all would be as it was, you understand? Don't be shy, sweetie. Come over. Now, if this isn't who we think it is, Draco, and we call him, he'll kill us all. We need to be absolutely sure. So he's definitely, like, saving Yeah. Him. I mean, to be fair, story-wise, at that point, he's traumatized, and he's been around death that he wasn't prepared for, and goes back to him being a, basically a kid still. But you can read into it, he's also protecting Harry. And right. He cares about him later in the cutscene that doesn't... In this version that is out there, doesn't work very well, so I see why they cut it. Yeah. He throws Harry a wand when mm-hmm. Voldemort is there. Doesn't Harry also save him as well when they're, like, like leaving? Like, Yeah, when they're leaving the rumor requirement. Uh, and it's yeah. on fire. And when it's on fire, he, like, pulls Draco he goes up. Get him. Yep. And, like, someone was surprised about that. I should have After, was it Goyle had just fallen into the flames, he goes back and they go back to get Draco and whoever replaced Crab. I don't know who that was. <laughs> someone else. Crab was just gone. <laughs> so Draco's a new friend. Yeah, Draco's a new friend. But, yeah, so they definitely save each other at some point, which they don't have to do, but... Interestingly, on that note, Narcissa expects Harry to know whether Draco's alive. Yeah. Because she asks. Yeah. And then she covers for Harry as well. And so I assume at home, Draco's talking about Harry all the time. people's like favorite like headcanon or like trope is that Narcissa is actually like kind of nice and that like Lucius is just like like the asshole who kind of runs the show but in like a lot of fanfics and stuff Narcissa is usually like nice and like supportive makes sense um so yeah maybe she knew something was going on maybe maybe Draco mentioned Harry a few times so Narcissa is like I think maybe Harry's gonna know what's up because he's Draco's special friend Draco's special friend (laughs) yeah but no, you know, with this one, uh, yeah, no, there's not really evidence that points that they're, right. like, so for each other. on the triangle, this is essentially, uh, you're imagining it, but it's a collective imagining of it. You know what it is, though? Like, I don't know if it fits on the triangle really anywhere. Like, I guess it kind of fits on, like, am I making well, this up? Well, we're making it up, yeah. Like, you are making it up, but it's less of, like, a delusional thing because... If you talk to majority of, like, dreary shippers, I feel like the general consensus is that, like, everyone acknowledges that it's, like, not canon. Right. Like, it's not like they're, like, Right, this they don't happened. think it's there and Rowling was just hiding it. They just think, we decided this, it's good. Well, yeah, because you know why? Like, I feel like for a couple reasons. Like, number one, actually I have three reasons, but I'll say them quickly. Number one, there's, like, not a whole lot of, like, LGBT, like anything in harry potter no even though a lot of even the one canon thing only happened online right and but even though a lot of like lgbt people at least back in the day like did like harry potter because of kind of like its theme of 
<laughs> we could get into a whole episode just about Rowling and right. her uh, anti-trans stuff. Because, yeah, the, a big theme of the books is that you should be accepting of other people. And right. Other you should be accepting. People. people can be different. Yeah. You can, like, grow up. Even if you have a childhood where people don't really support you, you can grow up and live your own truth and your own life and whatever. So a lot of, like, queer people ended up liking it. And because there wasn't a lot of queer characters in the actual book, and again, it was, like, the 90s, people just were like, let's just kind of make our own. Like, why not? And they kind of just, like, adopted the story and and did what they want with it. But, yeah, so that mixed with the fact that there isn't a lot of, like, ships, really, in Harry Potter. That no. are, like, super shippable? No, they're all either blatant and ob- so obvious that you're either you're just stuck with them or they're not there. Yeah, like, I mean, Ron and Hermione in the movies, honestly, were kind of cute. Like, I was like, okay. Like, by the time they got together, I was like, oh, this is cute because we've been waiting and, right, like, they had a story and we're like, oh, finally, the payoff kind of thing. Whereas, like, Ginny and Harry were just like... I did not they like tried. them. They tried. I had actually I really forgotten like this, them. that in the beginning of Chamber of Secrets, she's the one who steps in front of Malfoy mm-hmm. and tells him to leave Harry alone. And Malfoy's like, oh, have you got a girlfriend? <laughs> leave him alone. Oh, look, Potter. You've got yourself a girlfriend. No, I think Ginny and Harry are, like, a terrible ship. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry. In the movies. For well, sure. I don't actually know anyone who ships them, so I don't know who I'm apologizing to. But if you're out there, <laughs> I am sorry. Who do the straights ship Harry with? <laughs> I think Ginny, but I literally don't know why. But I mean, in the books, I, it's been a while Maybe since Cho? I read the books. I think there's more, a lot more to Ginny in the books, especially Chamber of Secrets. She's more of a character in the movie. She's barely no, and I'll in give that, her that. Despite she's I'll the one give that's her happening that. To. In in the movie, like they literally don't give her anything. She's so boring. No offense to the actress. Like, it's right. literally just she the script. She steps up and defends him. Well, they had to cast her a year younger. Yeah. Because she's in a scene in the first movie. And they just have to, I guess, assume she's going to have some chemistry. Yeah, they didn't really have chemistry. That's a weird way to cast kids. Right. Yeah, no, you, you shouldn't know, be casting grow kids, up and... like, in, like, chemistry reads. But, like, I don't know. I thought it was very... They were just boring. And literally, even when they kissed, they just, like, were like, oh, okay, we're going to, like, kiss now. Okay, cool. Bye. I was, like, telling you the other day, I was like, there's no way they got married. Like, I don't <laughs> believe for a second that they got married. The, I, I think in the books, I understood it and expected it. But I loved the thing that happened when Neville is, like, saying, like, after all this, he's going to go tell Luna how he feels about her. Neville, are you all right? Neville, better. I feel like I can spit fire. You haven't seen Luna, have you? Luna? I forget how you phrased it, but you're like, that relationship's more believable in one line. In one line. <laughs> and then later Luna comes and sits next to him, and it's really cute. It was so cute. I was like, wow, they literally got about one minute of screen time, yeah. and I think... They're not even in scenes together. They're I, even I mean, more Other shippable. than the DA's practice scenes. Yeah, I... And that they have, those two characters have more depth. Yeah, I don't know. Especially Luna. We've known her for multiple movies. Totally. I love Luna. But yeah, Harry and Ginny are just kind of boring. And I feel like because they were so young and like after the war, I feel like they would not have gotten married. Like I definitely think they would have broken up because they had no chemistry and they could have been with- They would stick together for the children. They could have literally been with anyone. Like literally. Like they would not 
That was, like, your high school romance that, like, isn't that good, but, like, you don't know anything else. Right. <laughs> like, they were not life partners. But, again, a movie trope. Or a pop culture trope is that you meet someone in high school or whatever you would call the British equivalent. I don't know. But then, you you know, you grow up, you get married and all that, and it's not realistic. Not realistic. I mean, it can happen in very rare cases, but, like, you have to be, like, really, like, you gotta have, like, a really strong start. And, well, I think, like, like have Ron good... and Hermione would make more sense. They've known each other for years. Right, because they, they were, they were besties first, and they have that, like, foundation, and they know how each other works, and... Risk their lives for each other, with each other. Yeah. I could totally see them, like, being, like, good parents Same with, like, together. Neville and Luna. We, they've been around each other, at least for, since the Dumbledore's army scenes. And, in theory, they've known each other longer, because they're the same year. They balance each other out in, like, a good way as well, because yeah. Hermione's, like, a little bit more, like, strict and, like, knowledgeable and stuff, whereas, like, Ron's kind of, like, goofy. I actually make, this makes me want to read The Cursed Child, actually, because I think... That also fits with why Draco and Harry should be friends. At least, if not a couple. Mm-hmm. As we're saying. Because they complement one another. Yeah, exactly. They Dra- kind of bring out each other's Draco is all strength. of the Slytherin ambition that Harry has, but doesn't want to admit. But also Harry keeps his uh, bigotry in line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they would have been good friends, even if. Maybe they are. I don't know after. Maybe they become good friends, but... They are characters in The Cursed Child, so I don't know. Are they in it? They're in it. I think they are friends in The Cursed Child, actually. I think they are. I don't think they're, like, close, though, but I think they're, like, chill with each other. I think because the main story is around their kids, they're just supporting characters that are barely there. As I said, I haven't seen it, I haven't read it. I haven't seen it, I haven't read it. I want to, though. We should go to New York. Is it still in London? We're going to London? No, I want to go to London. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this show. Well, no, it's in New York. Or Toronto. Yeah. Maybe we'll see it at some point. But yeah, um, no, I think Dreary is just fun. It's just fun. It's cute. You can make up your own story of what happened next. Now, before we get to the next episode, Harry Potter films, I don't know if all of them do, but definitely passes the Bechdel test. Oh, yeah. A few times. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't qualify for the was Vito Rossi test. Passes Mako Mori because women have plot lines. Hermione definitely does. Mm. Has her own storylines. Right. Yeah. We've got women. We just yeah. don't have gays. <laughs> not out, not outwardly. <laughs> not outwardly, but... There's no professor there. in a rainbow robe. You know? well, there should be. I know. I would buy Dumbledore's robe. robe is very fitting. But also, like, do the math. I mean, they say at least one in ten people is gay, and it's probably more. So there are gay people in that in that cast. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> no, the sword, the sorting hat kicks them out. Oh wow, Hogwarts is just homophobic, <laughs> or it just forces them into Slytherin. <gasps> all Harry, the gays are. That's in what Slytherin. Harry is denying. You know what I will say? I have a lot of friends who are Slytherin, and they're all gay as well. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> Anyway, we'll be talking more about Wolfstar next week. Wolfstar are my favorites. Oh, gay. Yeah.
Thank you for listening. 50v20 is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to this show and more at lemmingdrops.com. Subscribe to the show and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. Join the Facebook group at Lemming Drops Studio Tour for updates. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 50v20podcast. And send us gifts. And support the show at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. Bye. I found peace in your vibes. Can't show me there's no